Welcome to the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Join me for conversations about how to advocate for our kids in a one-size-fits-all world. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Welcome back, everyone, to Mothers of Misfits. As always, we're glad that you join us every Tuesday. And today we're joined by Danielle Boris. She is the founder of Connect4, which is a B2B SaaS employee manager engagement platform to help make sure every employee loves their work. And that definitely ties in with a lot of my passions that I do in my work with companies and helping them create fulfilling workplaces. It's awesome to have you on, Danielle. And we're going to talk about your uh, kind of misfit journey in your career and how we can help other young women get in the tech field. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. So I I just want to talk about your own background as a misfit. Uh, Just to let everybody know, you have a very impressive list of degrees and companies that you've worked for. You have a bachelor's degree in tech. You have an MBA in entrepreneurship. You have a long career in business and tech, and you founded the SaaS company that I just described. Unfortunately, this isn't necessarily a, a common career path for a female. Uh, So I want to hear from you, how have you harnessed being a misfit in your industry as a way of succeeding in your career? Yeah, absolutely. It unfortunately, as you said, it's not common for women. I am used to being the only woman in the room, especially in a room of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And I really try to align myself with other women, other female founders, but also it's women and allies. So anywhere where I can help people grow together, honestly, is Mm -hmm. how I stay strong and how I keep going, uh, finding other powerful women, um, empowered women, empower women, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of how I harness it. And I also have a wonderful support system in my family and I'm able to, to lean on them when it gets hard. Family is so important. Having parents that encourage us no matter what and cheer us on as we go down the misfit path is amazing. And on that note, there are parents listening right now and they have little girls at home and they might be showing interest in programming or tech, or maybe they have that kind of personality and way of doing things of being the the leader, the CEO, the person calling the shots. And how should we as parents really foster that in our little girls in particular? And I'll just say on a side note, my husband actually is in software engineering. And he says all the time, he would love to hire more women, just love to hire them. But he's still having a hard time just having enough apply, you know, finding them. So we definitely need to do more work and continued work on encouraging young girls to go into these different educational paths and career paths. So from your perspective and being a product of of a great home that inspired that, how can we as parents do that? In terms of my own upbringing, so I grew up in a very female-dominated household, actually. My mom is the oldest of four. She has two sisters and a youngest brother. And the men in my family, which were my dad, my aunt's husband, and my grandfathers, are truly feminists. So I grew up surrounded by smart women having conversations. I was Mm. 
always welcome to express my opinion, encouraged, actually, if anyone was talking about their business, anything at all, truly, my thoughts were heard and my questions were welcomed. And it taught me from an early age that uh, what I have to say matters. That's so important. And honestly, I mean, our little girls, all of our kiddos need to hear that your questions are valid. What you say matters. You have a seat at the table. You're a contributor. I. That's funny you bring that up because it was actually similar to my childhood experience. I joke all the time that my dad would invite me into his conversations and brainstorming about his business and what should we do here? What should we do there? And I had no idea. You know, I didn't have, I was in like second grade. Yeah. I I certainly wasn't qualified or credentialed to opine on my dad's business strategy, but he didn't make me feel like that. I didn't know that because in those conversations, my dad treated me like an equal and he really validated my perspective, my ideas. He gave me that voice. And I think back to that all of the time as critical in the development of my own self-confidence, my ability to have a thought, but also be willing to express my thought. And I mean, heck, now I'm podcasting. So (laughs) I'm sure there's some relationship there to way back when, when my dad said, Emily, what do you think? That's so powerful. So I think that's one of the takeaways I'm getting out of this conversation so far is just asking our kids what they think and really listen. And it's amazing to me how much I internalized before Mm -hmm. I realized that I internalized it. So now looking back on it, I actually come from a long line of entrepreneurs. Growing up, I I didn't realize, right? It's just like, that's what they did. And that was their job. My great grandma was actually one of the first women to graduate NYU law school in the 1920s. My grandfather on the other side Um, was the first in his family to even speak English. He worked in the deli to make some money and get fed. He decided to kill two birds with one stone. He could have taken any job. He, He worked in the deli so he could also eat and put himself through college and ended up putting himself through a PhD and started all sorts of uh, mathematical-based companies that now we do on Excel and with different programs. He did them by hand. And both my parents are entrepreneurs. And so early on, I now realized the conversation in every room I was in with my family was about, this is interesting. So let's have a conversation about it. Let's pursue it. It was always doing something that inspired you. I was told growing up that whatever I do, I should love. And it didn't matter to my parents what that was. It just mattered that success to them was doing something that fulfills you and finding whatever that is. I'm incredibly lucky to have been raised in that environment, for sure. Mm -hmm. And having, again, a pretty similar upbringing, actually, it's a kind of uncanny. We got a lot of things in common in that way. Both of my parents are entrepreneurs, have their own businesses apart from each other, grandparents, same thing. And I really grew up with that entrepreneurial mindset. And it's really powerful because it's this sense of you make your own way, you make your own opportunity, you make your future, you make life what you want of it. And you can have an entrepreneurial mindset and have a W-2 job. I don't think you have to 
own your own company to think like that. But I'm really glad that my parents gave that to me because I, as a result, always had an internal locus of control. And to this day, now I, I get to teach other people how to do that, which was, you know, I manifest my own destiny. And, you know, if I want to go do something and I can't find it out in the world, then I get to create it. And that too is such a powerful gift and lesson that we can give to our kids. So their voice matters. They have something to say, even at an early age, and they get to make their future whatever they want it to be. Sounds like you got, again, those sim similar kind of like entrepreneurial type lessons. Yeah. And I wonder if you feel the same way, but to me, looking back, I always knew that I would be something. Um, mm -hmm. I would have some sort of fulfillment and professionally, but beyond like in my life. Um, and it wasn't, oh, this is what my parents want me to do. This is, it was just truly ingrained and I never questioned it. And I'm mm -hmm. not sure it was ever even vocalized. It was just leading by example and constantly telling me my parents, you know, read me the girls can do anything books, right? And it wasn't a question in my mind. I could do anything. And I was also in sports as a child. And I believe we should absolutely encourage kids and young girls to stay in sports. And it taught me resilience. So I can do anything. And if I fail, you get back up and you try again. Yeah. And to use the sports analogy, I'm thinking we need to treat our kids like they're meant for the big leagues. Yeah. And call mm -hmm. them out when they're playing small ball. And, but let them know you're meant for the big stuff. You're meant for the big stage, the big leagues, to be on top, to not work in the company, to own the company in whatever form that means, you know, for that child and our expectations, not in a pressured sense, but more in their worth, their value, their capabilities, their potential is on the big league level. In that big league, and we see it luckily more and more in sports, is also lifting each other up with you. Mm. And my parents are extraordinarily generous people. And business aligned with their generosity in my house. Um, mm. It was always talking about people first. And that is, I mean, it's definitely ingrained in the company I started, interests and people, but also how I like to manage. We lift everyone up together. And it's a little different from, I think, people's mindsets in the past of mm -hmm. business is business. It's not personal. I, I found business is incredibly personal. And I was taught that uh, we have to hear each other. I love that. So let's relate this to the classroom because um, actually your app is all about empowering professionals to raise their hand or literally or figuratively. But in the classroom, a lot of girls or minority students in particular feel uncomfortable raising their hand. They might not speak out as much. How can we encourage all of our kids to feel free and confident to raise their hands? Yeah. And it's something that I definitely struggled with as a child. And even during my master's program, I found myself running through what I was going to say in my head over and over mm -hmm. to make sure I had it just right before I raised my hand. And actually, I have to credit Rashma Sujani um, of Girls Who Code, who did a wonderful mm -hmm. guest lecture for one of my classes. 
and I actually asked her the question that you're asking me uh, of sort of how can we raise our hands? And she nailed me. She said, how long did you think about that question before mm-hmm. you put your hand up? And I said, a lot. I've been sitting on this for a long time. But it's partly that others encouraged me to raise my hand. My friend next to me tapped me. and She was like, put your hand up. You have a question. You have a good question. Um, It's looking around and noticing who's speaking. I was just at a founder's dinner last night. Um, I was the only female founder in the room. But one of the men sitting next to me at one point turned to me and he said, I think you said that earlier regarding what someone had said later in the conversation. And I said, mm-hmm. yeah, thank you for noticing. I did say that. And he he kept working to make sure that I was being pulled into the conversation, that I got an equal opportunity to speak. And these are fantastic fellow entrepreneurs who I never feel like the odd one out in the room with them. But it's that small act, which seems small to him, but is really big to someone who's struggling. It's showing that support. And then as a leader, making sure that you are giving everyone a voice. Pay attention to who's speaking. So what I'm hearing from that is teaching our kids to be allies. Now they need to advocate for themselves, but keep an eye out for your friends and encourage your friends to speak up and raise their hand and call on them and give them space to be part of the conversation. And that too is such a valuable life lesson that hopefully will stay with them into their professional life, that they bring everyone into that circle and give everyone an equal voice. And that's, I think it comes back to just emulating that in our homes. When we're examples of that, that's the best way for our kids to learn. And as you said, you know, your parents were people first. So let's be people first. Let's not put down perspectives. And uh, we don't usually get political here and not trying to be, but I know we're just in a climate in our country right now where it can be hard to hear different perspectives. There's a lot of emotions and kind of immediate intense responses to that. But let's teach our kids that it's okay for someone to say something that you weren't expecting or maybe was different or they have a different perspective and we can still love and respect them the same. And we actually don't just want to give them space to say that we need to hear that. Yeah, I completely agree. Something that I like to tell people that I do is if someone has an opinion that's different from mine, I just try to ask why. And I try to understand more and more about where their opinion comes from. Because when we just automatically attack someone for something they're thinking, that person puts up a wall. And we've Mm -hmm. all felt this ourselves. Mm -hmm. If we say something and someone automatically says, no, you're wrong. You go on the defensive and then we don't learn anymore. And when we stop learning, everything everything else goes. And so I've been able to make much more progress by asking people why and stepping back and listening to them, giving them the platform to really understand each other. And then when they go and have their next conversation, whether their opinion changed or not, they say, oh, well, I met someone else with this opinion and I see how they got there. And that's how we bridge our divide. I'm glad you said stepping back because 
perfect segue into my final question for you, which is you say that knowing when to step up and step back is really useful. So talk to us about what the difference is and then how do we teach our kids to understand the difference and do the right one per the context? Yeah. So the difference between stepping up and stepping back is stepping up is essentially speaking up, taking action, being empowered in the way that you matter, as Sorbri talked about earlier. And stepping back is realizing when you should be doing more listening than talking. And stepping back is realizing when you need to be doing more listening than talking. So often it's paying attention to, hold on, have I been talking for a long time? Or hold on, is there more space in this room to learn and to hear what others are saying? And it happens in the classroom a lot. It's the one person who is just constantly speaking up, constantly answering the questions. And the stepping back in that instance would be, well, I know the answer and I've raised my hand and answered every other question. Maybe there's someone else in this room who is running through the answer in their mind, right? Like um, I mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier, who, if I didn't raise my hand this second, they would be empowered to raise their hand. And it's definitely a delicate balance because we talk about how girls and minorities are less likely to raise their hand. And so where is the line between raising your hand too much and stepping back? And that's a balance, but it starts with awareness. Mm -hmm. And teaching kids, I think especially if there's multiple people in the room, I wonder what this person has to say. Your sister or brother hasn't spoken. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have a thought. Um, And teaching that in the house of of just being aware and giving space for others. This is a a big topic of conversation in our household because my oldest son inherited my strength. Sometimes it's maybe not so much of a strength, but to think out loud. So it's kind of like a stream of consciousness that he's communicating all of the time. And our younger one is will talk once he's made a conclusion. So he's an observer. He's much more like my husband, right? But he will complain a lot that I didn't get time to get a word in. Mason just keeps talking. I want to talk. When's it my turn? And Mason's not doing that in a mean way. He's not even, you know, we're trying to help him with self-awareness. But most of the time, he's not even aware that he's kind of filling up all the space, the conversational space. But I like that language because the other thing, I, I don't want Mason to feel bad or to feel like that's not a strength but more how to harness his strength in positive ways. But to your point, give space to others to share their strengths too. And so creating that balance between stepping up and stepping back and making sure that we're exercising both muscles in the classroom, at home, at the dinner table, or in our case, when we get off the bus, because that's when my boys are just busting at the seams with lots they want to tell me on the day. So we even decided to take turns. So Micah gets to go first today or Mason tomorrow. And that's been really helpful too. But yeah, I mean, simple concepts, but hugely powerful and big impact in how we can help our kids to just grow into the best version of themselves. Gosh, this has been such an encouraging conversation, Danielle. Thank you so much. If listeners are interested in following what you're doing, because you're doing really cool stuff at the, again, professional level. Although, as I say all the time, adults are just really big kids. 
all these lessons that apply to the kid level, apply to the adult level and vice versa. So you're doing cool stuff. If they want to follow you, how do they do that? Yeah, they can go to meetconnect4.com um, and they can contact me through there or they can follow me on um, Twitter at Danielle Boris. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include links to all that in our episode insider uh, newsletter. So if you're subscribed, awesome. You're going to get to know more about Danielle through there. But thanks so much. I just, I feel encouraged and uplifted in this conversation. And I've got a couple practical strategies now and some ways of talking about things in our household. I, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun to be here. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We also invite you to visit us at mothersofmisfits.com. <laughs>